Romans chapter 6 and verse 13 and 14, two verses of scripture here in our hearing. It's good to see everybody with us tonight. It's good to have Brother Josh and Sister Laura Winkler with us. Amen. Appreciate this family. And uh, it's always good to have them in the house of God, as well as guests from in-state, out-of-state, wherever you may come from, out of country. Uh, we're happy that you are with us tonight. And service would not be the same without you. I'm thankful for the anointing and presence of God in the house of God. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, not as instruments of unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak for a few moments tonight on two strings two strings. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. It was some years ago, Sister Rebecca Monks came to me and handed me a book and said, um, you might be inspired by this book. It was entitled The Soloist by Steve Lopez. And there's quite a backstory to it. And so I picked up the book, I started reading it, I've followed the individual ever since then. This would have been um, somewhere around 2011. And the actual happening with the writer that wrote the soloist happened in 2005. Steve Lopez, a writer for the LA Times in downtown Los Angeles, was walking from his place of work to lunch when he saw a man that was dressed in rags playing Beethoven on a battered violin that looked like it had been pulled from a dumpster. The gentleman that was playing was playing at such a skill level that it caused Steve to stop and to listen for a moment and he started speaking to the gentleman playing the violin. Because he's a journalist, he was wondering, is there a story here? Here is an individual playing in Pershing Square near the Beethoven statue on an instrument that looks like it's been pulled from a dumpster and he noticed that it's missing two of its strings. And yet somehow, <laughs> a man <laughs> that looks homeless is creating music in the middle of Los Angeles. This triggered a lot of questions in his mind. Who is this individual? Where did he go? What's his story? The next day, he was not at the same place, but three weeks later, he was back. And there was a conversation that was struck up between the journalist by the name of Steve Lopez and an individual by the name of Nathaniel Anthony Ayers. Anthony was from Cleveland, and he would disappear at weeks at a time, and so Steve, in trying to get information, could only get 
small pieces of information at a time. One particular day, he shows up at the entrance of the Second Street Tunnel. This is a very noisy area of Los Angeles. His violin is missing two strings, half the strings. And Anthony tells Steve that his life mission is to replace those strings. But he says, you can do very much with two missing strings. And he's written around him in this area on the median and near the tunnel. He's written in chalk some names where he is playing. When Steve asks him, what are the names that are represented in the area here? And he said, those are my classmates. And so they're with me in this orchestra. And Steve said, well, well, your classmates from where? And he said, well, these are some of my classmates from Juilliard. This causes Steve to really ask now some serious questions. Is this really so? Because Juilliard School is located in New York City. It is the center for the performing arts in New York City. It's one of the most prestigious performing art conservatories in the world. Its acceptance rate is less than 10% of all applicants. It was founded in 1905 as the Institute of Musical Art on the premise that the United States did not have a premier music school and too many students were going to Europe to study music and so they founded the Juilliard School of Music. Steve would go back after these questions and he would he would try to follow up on some of the things that Anthony would say about visiting music stores. And he would find out that, yes, in fact, he did visit music stores. And then he followed up on this, this question of where did he go to school? And in fact, did he go to this prestigious school? And indeed, Anthony was a former student. Steve pondered this. Only a tiny percentage of the world's greatest violinists ever make it into Juilliard. But in talking with Anthony, he found out that Anthony didn't go to this prestigious school to play the violin at all. He played the bass. And he said, I don't know how to play the violin, but I'm teaching myself to transpose the music from the bass to the violin which is very, very difficult, especially if you only have two strings. In 1972, Anthony suffered some mental difficulties. He wandered around until he ended up in downtown LA. And Steve Lopez penned a column in 2005 that went viral. In those days, there wasn't as much social media, so this was the beginning stage of a story that goes viral. He pinned the column, he's got the whole world on two strings. It was written in April 17th, 2005, and I want to read just a few excerpts from that article. Nathaniel had an orange shopping cart that contained all of his belongings, including a huge plastic water gun, a single black boot, and his violin case. 
We were practically in the shadow of the new Disney concert hall, and although Nathaniel said he wasn't sure where it was, he had written the following on the side of his shopping cart, Little Walt Disney Concert Hall, Beethoven. He plays classical music, some of it recognizable to me, some of it not. One day I asked if he could play jazz, and he tucked the violin under his chin, closed his eyes in anticipation of the ecstasy that music brings him and began to play Summertime. That was Ernest Block, he casually told me after one piece, spelling out Ernest and then Block, Opus 18, number one. I was more than a little impressed, especially when it occurred to me that Nathaniel's grimy, smudged violin was missing two of the four strings. Yeah, he said, frustration rising in his brown eyes. The one's gone, that one's gone, and this little guy's almost out of commission. You see where it's coming apart right here, right? But he said, playing with two strings wasn't that hard because when he grew up in Cleveland, at Cleveland Public Schools where instruments were a challenge, if you got one with one or two strings, you were happy to have. So Steve followed up to ask the local music store if, in fact, Steve came by to talk to the people at the music store, and they verified. As I understand it, the individual at the music store said he was at Juilliard and got sick, so he came home. He would sit in our parking lot on a nice day playing the cello, and we would wonder, where was that coming from? It was Tony. Nathaniel's nickname. Cello? Yes, it turns out Nathaniel started on the bass, switched to cello, and has never had any training on a violin. He switched to the violin after ending up on the streets because it fits more neatly into his shopping cart. As Nathaniel began to play, I doubted there was anyone or anything that could deliver the same piece that music brings him. He was in his sanctuary, eyes half-masked in tribute to the masters. As cars roared by and trash flew off a dump truck, Anthony was oblivious. He played a Mendelssohn concerto, a Beethoven concerto, a Brahms double concerto for violin and cello, his, blow, his bow gliding effortlessly as it sliced through the madness. This thing became viral so that people wanted to send him cellos and violins and people started inundating Steve's email inbox. He tried to get Anthony back into mainstream society. He spent the night on the streets in order to convince him to take up residence at a mission. He tracked down his family. He got him into the Disney Hall recital and Anthony played box cello suite number one prelude and the orchestra staffers wandered out of their offices to hear the playing of what seemed to be a homeless man. In the process of trying to help Anthony, Steve learned to accept some things and in the process he grew himself. Anthony goes on to be invited to the White House. He meets Barack Obama he has a foundation established in his name to help people with mental disabilities, and presently he's no longer on the streets, but he's still playing 
He's still playing the double bass, the violin, the trumpet, the guitar, the cello, the piano, the drums, and many more instruments. I say all that in illustration to you tonight to tell you in a very real sense, this story reveals a spiritual truth because you and I were dug out of a dumpster. We were scarred. We were neglected. We were tossed out into the rubbish, and we were much like the prodigal, wondering how in the world did we get to where we were and are. And yet there is a God that's looking around for those instruments that he can use to make music on. I'm thankful that there was a God. As a matter of fact, he's a God that created me to make music. He's the God that gave me the instrumentation of my body and my life. He is the origin of it. Something has gone amiss and something is awry. And so it's not once what it was, but God is in the restringing business and he's looking for individuals that think I don't have anything to offer. I'm scarred. I'm indifferent to everything because of my position. God knows who you are and he knows your situation. And he's a God that's still interested in the music that you can play. You say, well, I've lost some strength. I can't even play a full complement of the strings. It doesn't matter when the maestro steps in and starts making music out of who you are. The prodigal found himself in this position. He found himself minus some strings in his life. He left the father's house. He had everything, but he wanted everything that was his. He wasted his substance on riotous living. He spent everything that he had. He came to a place in a land that was full of famine and he was in want. When he sat down and he started taking inventory of everything that he had spent, all the things that he thought was going to be right and that he dreamed of, all that those things did was scar his life and he came to a recognition. I can sit here with the pigs in the pig pen and the hogs but it is much better at my father's house. And so he makes his journey going back to the place that he knows he needs to be there. I'm preaching to you tonight. The best place for you to be is in the father's house. It's not in the pig pen somewhere. It's not in riotous living, spending everything that you've got. But the best place that you could be is in the sanctuary. The best place that you could be is under the anointing of God. God's reaching for you. He's calling for you because he knows this is where you should be in the Father's house. He makes his way back to the Father's house and the Father was watching. He was watching. Every time somebody comes in the house of God and they're making their way back to God, we should blow the roof off if there is an in infinitesimal desire on the part. If they are here, there's a reason why they're here. It's because God's drawing them. It's because God's pulling them. It's because God knows you may have lost some strings. There's some scars on the violin. It may look like it came out of a trash, but if the maestro comes on the scene, he can pick up an instrument that maybe nobody else can play, but because he's the one that makes the instrument 
one. He's the one that knows how to play. Even when there's things missing, he can fill the gap and the void. We are, if I won't be too offensive to you, we are dumpster debris. Looks like we've got something we pulled out of a trash can and it's in a shopping cart. That's, that's our spiritual condition. You say, well, you give me evidence for that. Okay, I will. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Dumpster debris. There is, there is no capturing a kingdom if that is the description of who and what we were and are. But the, the scripture goes on to say, and such were some of you. Some verses never get old. They just prevent provide strength and power and this is one of them and such were some of you just in case you're a little too proud and arrogant about your position remember such were some of you God called you out just in case you're here and you feel like I don't know if I even belong here you're in the right place because such were some of you God's God's got a purpose such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God picked us out of the garbage heap. We were not complete. We were missing strings, but he was able to get some music out of us. The scripture that we read says, use your body as instruments of righteousness rather than yourself your members your body as instruments of unrighteousness I want to tell you something I made a vow to God that as long as I can still move as long as there is breath in this body and I can still move things are starting to pop and things feel like that they're floating out there I'm still going to be worshiping and praising God you 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 will not find me sitting on a, a, a bench, a, a pew, a seat when, when God's goodness, when he's done so many things for, for me. As long as my members are working, I'm going to make music for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want him to know I will not be an instrument of unrighteousness, but you can play me however you want to play me, God, for your glory, for your honor. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Brother Powell, you fired me up tonight. You came to the front. You got in the well. You, you, your body and, and everything associated with your body might not be able to move like you once could move, but you're still moving, and you're still making your way to a place where you can say, God, you're worthy to receive praise. You can take every bit of my life, my body, my members, and you can use Use them for the glory of God. Young men, don't dare. Don't you dare let him run by himself or shuffle by himself or walk by himself. Why? Because God has done great, great things. I've got a reason to praise him. I've got a reason to magnify him. Why? Because he pulled me out of the miry clay. He established me. He pulled me out of dysfunction and disorder. And he gave to me an opportunity. 
played by the master's hand. Oh, let's thank him together. Come on. God pulled you out of the garbage heap. Such were some of you. You wasted everything you had, but God reached out for you, and he made you an instrument of righteousness. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Somebody clap your hands and thank the Lord together. Praise God. We were like Lucky from the lost and found column of a Midwestern newspaper. Lost dog, brown fur, some missing due to mange, blind in one eye, deaf, lame leg due to recent traffic accident, slightly arthritic, goes by the name of Lucky. Oh, don't you be laughing too much. You're lucky you're even in the house of God here tonight. <laughs> you're lucky God made a way when there was no way. You should still be in prison, but because God did great things in your life, you're in the sanctuary tonight because, because God said, I can take the violin with two strings and I can play music on it. We were not destined for the garbage. My, you look at the highlights of how the garden is described. The garden was described as a garden. It was described with trees. It was described with rivers. It was described with precious stones. It was described as good land. It had sustainability in it, and it was pleasant to the eyes. But there was evil intrusion through a serpent that revealed a personal goal of dismantling the effectiveness of music being played to God. And through deception, he creates an illusion or a lie. When the devil gets his grubby hands on God's creation, he desires to dismantle it. He desires to tear it apart. He's not in the creating business. He's in the marring and destroying business. He breaks it down. He mars it. He scars it. And when it's all said and done, it's missing vital components of music being able to play on its instrumentation. This is what the devil does. This is what his business is. His business is to scar you in such a way that you don't think you could ever get back to God. That is a lie from the pit of hell, by the way. You can get back to God if you've got the willpower to say, I want to live for God. God. Yeah, but you don't understand where I am and what I've done. I don't care what you've done, and I don't even really care where you are as long as you're coming back to God because that's what matters. You say, I'm in a pig pen. It doesn't matter. It's better in the Father's house. The devil wants to mar it. He wants to scar it. Every single one of us in this building has scars of us are looking down at the strings and we're saying we've lost some things. Everything is not here. It's not in place. Things are falling apart. This is the devil's business and that is to destroy. However, and I want this to go on record here. 
I want this to go on record. God is the maestro who designed the instrument in the first place. And so in my mind's eye, with a vision connected to the scripture, I can see God working every single angle to get his hands on the instrument, even if it's missing two strings, even if it is scarred. I can make music with that. I can do something with that. Yeah, nobody else can do anything with it, but I'm the maestro. I can do something with it. Everybody else may have discarded it, thrown it away, said it's not worth anything, but there is a maestro that creates the instrument itself in the first place, and it's the same God that is working every angle to find an instrument. Even if it looks like it's damaged, he wants to get it so he can play some music on it. Through the Old Testament, he's trying to he's trying to find instruments to play. He's trying to play music. Praise God. Peyton called it Mugex when he was young, trying to learn how to speak. It didn't come out music, or was that Paisley? That was Peyton. Mugex. Mugex. God wants to play Mugex with you, son. Mugex. God is interested in your life, and he wants to play Mugex through you. Just like he wants to play music with every single one of you in this building here tonight. It's his business. He's the maestro. <laughs> I'm telling you, when God, when he strikes up the concerto or whatever that is, it's better than Bach, Beethoven, or anybody else that we've talked about here tonight. God's in the salvation business, and you talk about the song of the redeemed. That's better than any orchestra put together that you could ever find. When God saves somebody from their sin and washes them and renews them and fills them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and puts them on the right path. That's music. Our problem is we have a hard time making the trip from what is to what can be. Help me, help me, help me. We have enough faith to see the end result. We can imagine God is able to... Oh. God is able. God is able. God is able to do great things. We, we can see that until the evidence is right in front of us. We have a harder time with seeing what we presently have to work with. It's easy to say, I don't see that. God is able to do great things. <laughs> I can't, I can't see the instrumentation because that's where it's difficult. Now, I don't, I don't see Brother Brock here, but God is able to do great things. That's a violin that's broken. The pieces are torn together. And if I don't see it somehow, I'll, I'll have better faith to believe that God does. Until someone walks into the building like Brother Steve, and he comes in, and he looks like a homeless man. And he was a homeless man. And people greeted him and said, Brother, brother I'm calling you brother. They said, Steve, and they welcome him to the house of God. It's much more difficult looking at that and saying, I believe God can take him from where he is right now to this, this end point that I can see God doing great things. And we can say, we can see this, but that's what we're working with. How in the world is God ever going to be able to do anything like that? And every single one of you in this place has a testimony of the same caliber 
same significance? How can God do anything with this? I, I, want you, I want you to understand and recognize when somebody walks through these doors, you better believe that God is interested in working with that individual. You say, well, how, how, you say, how can you believe that? Because I've seen it. I've seen it in this place. I've seen people that you would think there is no way that you could get any music out of that. And God says, you just watch. I'm the maestro that can create. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves unto God as members of instruments of righteousness. Don't play to the devil. Play to God. Luke chapter 19, it's interesting because Jesus is coming in and the multitude starts to rejoice and praise God, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And when he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the rocks would immediately cry out. You know what they were doing? They were allowing themselves to be instrumentation of righteousness. And they were praising God. And some said, you need to quiet these down. Jesus said, if these, if these are quiet and there's no music coming out of these, then the rocks are going to start crying out. You better believe a rock is not taking my place because I recognize even with just a few strings, God can do better with me than he can with a rock. You need to get your head up. You need to stop being depressed. And you need to realize no matter what it looks like, God wants to do something with you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a real-time message here tonight. A concerto is a musical composition for a solo instrument or instruments accompanied by an orchestra, especially one conceived on a relatively large scale. Wow. Did you know that God is not really interested in numbers? <laughs> he could take a violin that has two strings, Sister Rena, and he can make it sound like a huge orchestra. Praise God. God is able to take little old insignificant me, and he's able to make the sound much larger than it is. So that the enemy thinks there's an army coming when there's only two guys, two lepers, that are stumbling into the camp thinking we might as well just go ahead and die. And all of a sudden the enemy thinks this is a huge army and they start fighting among themselves and they flee God knows how to use you to make a great orchestration in your world God tunes your instrument back to its original intention and he does it well with human instrumentality couch if you'd come tonight. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's coming from the hall of fame chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, we look at that chapter and we say if only we could make the same sound as those individuals. If only God could play upon us and create a sound that patterns their life. 
we wish we could make that kind of music. But you stop and look at some of those individuals. Abraham was fearful. He was cowardly. He was a liar and he was self-protective. And God said, I can take that violin. It may be missing a few strings, but I can do something with it as long as he has faith. Sarah was sharp-tongued, sarcastic, unsatisfied, jealous, and unforgiving. She was a marred instrument, but God said, I can play music with her life. Jacob was selfish, a thief, hateful, and, and obsessive of his brother, and yet somehow he makes it into the hall of fame. Well, what are you trying to express here tonight? I'm trying to tell you God can do the same thing with your life. These were not perfect people. Joseph was spoiled, arrogant, insensitive, inflated self-perception. He was such a pain that his brothers plotted to kill him. Moses had poor self-esteem. He was angry, violent, impatient, and impetuous. And God said, yeah, there's some scars. I see the condition of the instrument, but I can still use him for the glory of God. Rahab was shamed, self-loathing, distorted view of men. Samson was a sex addict, lustful and prideful. David was self-centered, lustful, an adulterer, a liar, and a murderer, and yet he was a man after God's own heart. What am I describing here tonight? I'm describing a bunch of two strings. <laughs> I'm what I'm describing is a man that looks so out of place in the middle of L.A., and he's playing music on a violin that only has two strings, and he's playing Bach and Beethoven, and he's doing all this that stops traffic. I'm telling you that if God is really working in your life, it's enough to stop traffic around you for somebody to say, what is different about the music that's being played in your life? bunch of two strings out of some of the above and others comes a baby born to Joseph and Mary named Jesus Emmanuel God with us he shall save his people from their sin God reconstitutes the instrument he refurbishes the instrument to produce a full sound that is distinctive and in tonal quality to make people passing by recognize the difference you know what's amazing God is able to restring what isn't there. Oh, I know where I am in the Holy Ghost here tonight. There's some of you saying, yeah, but what have I got? I don't even have, I don't even have a full complement of strings on this thing. remember the man with the withered hand Jesus goes into the synagogue and he starts to teach and preach and there's a man with a withered hand and Jesus says is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil to save life or to kill nobody said a word and Jesus said to the man with the withered hand stretch forth your hand it's very very unique and interesting that he didn't tell him what hand to stretch forth he didn't say stretch forth your withered hand he just said stretch forth your hand it's our tendency to stretch forth what is good, not what is bad. We want to shield what is bad. We don't want to stretch forth what is bad. Jesus never said, but this man stretched forth a withered hand. And the string that he didn't have, God made him whole. God made him whole. And said in this passage of scripture that his hand was restored whole as the other. Can you imagine that? I mean, and there were some that even got upset at that. Can you believe that? Some man's got a withered hand, and God says, I'm going to make you whole, and all of a sudden, boom, and people are upset about that. God reconstitutes the strings. What about the ten lepers? 
Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. And when they were cleansed, one of them, when he comes back, he comes with a loud voice glorifying God. He falls down on his face at Jesus' feet and he gives thanks. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? They're not found. Any that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, watch this. Arise, go thy way, thy faith made you whole. I'm convinced Jesus did something in this man's life that he didn't do in the other nine. What did he do? He reconstituted some things. As we stand together in the house of God tonight, God knows how to restring what is, is, is God knows how to reconstitute and restring what isn't even there. Praise God. You may be standing here tonight and you got some instrumentation, whether it would be a violin, a cello, a double bass, a guitar, whatever. You may be looking at it and it may be scarred and there's some, there's some strings that have been missing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I want you to read between the lines here. And this is what we have to present to God. What I've got is scarred, it's disfigured, it's lacking. How is there ever going to be any music played out of this? And that's how you feel tonight. You feel like that. Will there ever be any music that plays out in my life, in my home, in my family, in my marriage, in my relationship, in, in the things that I'm seeking counsel for and God's directing me? Is there ever going to be any music that comes out of this? I'm telling you here tonight, there's a God that knows how to restring things. <laughs> he knows how to restring things. So where I don't have any faith, God knows how to put some faith back into the mix. And, and where I'm lacking in love, God knows how to run the string back through the pattern of whatever instrument it is. When I, if I'm lacking kindness, God knows how to do that in compassion. God knows how to restring some things tonight. And he's in, he's in this place. Praise God. He's in this place tonight to restring some things in your life. And he sent a messenger to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter how scarred, Doesn't matter how scarred the violin looks. Doesn't matter that it only has two strings. When you put it in the hands of somebody that is a master, Anthony was a master. He had mental problems, he had schizophrenia, he had, he had mental problems, but he was a maestro when it comes to music. He doesn't even know how to play a violin. He went to Juilliard to play a double bass and he learns how to play a cello, and he's picked up out of the trash a violin with two strings. He's transposing everything in his mind, and he's playing orchestral things on a violin. This is exactly what God does. It's exactly what God does when you put your life in the hands of... Oh, I wish you would listen to me tonight. You're trying your very best to be tough and cool. I'm telling you, you need to break down and say, God, look what I've got here. I can't play any music. I've tried on my own. I know what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to eradicate everything and take me down to the lowest common denominator where the scars that I have will be scars upon scars and I'll have no hope in a world that is so confused. God is looking at you tonight and he's talking to your spirit tonight and he's telling you tonight I can reconstitute everything I can make music there is a miracle there's a miracle that can take place out of something drug out of the dumpster 
Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm telling you as a pastor, you know what the devil's been trying to do? He's been trying to wreck. He's been trying to wreck the instrumentation that plays music. He's trying to mar it. He's trying to destroy it. He's trying to rip the strings off of it. Hallelujah. But tonight in the house of God, I have faith that there is a maestro in this building that from the beginning of time, the beginning of time, he's looked at every failure. He's looked at every person that has fallen flat on their face and thinks that there is no way that there's anything good can come out of this. God's always around the fringes trying to work it, trying to get his hands to get his hands on things to say no there's something <laughs> there's something beautiful that can come out of this praise God there's something beautiful that can come out of this praise God somebody needs to lift up your voice and pray together for individuals in the house of God tonight that feel like they've been tossed aside or discarded no you haven't no you have ha no you haven't there's a master at work he knows how to take every one of your circumstances and turn that into music. You say, is that even a, possi a possibility? Yes, it's a possibility because God knows what he's doing. You may be in the house of God tonight and feel like you don't have any strings. All you got is a shell, a hole of what looked like a violin or what looked like a bass or what looked like something. You're standing there without any ability to even make a sound. And there's a God all of a sudden that comes along and says, Hey, I'm the one that created that instrument in the first place. I'm the one that created you. I, 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 I'm wanting to make you an instrument of righteousness. I want your members to be an instrument of righteousness. I'll restring every string. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. Hallelujah. The enemy is not going to win here. There's not going to be a pile of things that are left on a pile heap of debris. Hallelujah. But there's going to be something that is valuable and worthwhile because God is still doing. He's still doing. Still, still doing miracles. tonight let's make this place where the maestro can work where God can work and everything we need you a craftsman at what he does 